Our message today is taken from the book of uh, Jeremiah chapter 1. Jeremiah chapter 1. Uh, we're just going to read verse one, verse 5. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. So, the Lord is speaking to us today from the book of Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. So on behalf of us, I will be reading from the New Revised Standard Version of the Bible. And uh, before we start reading, let us come to the Lord in prayer. In Jesus' name, Heavenly Father, God Almighty, King of Kings, Father of our Lord and Master Jesus Christ, we thank you so much for the time, Lord, you have given unto us again. We are children whom God you redeem with your own precious blood. Father, we are here, we are gathered here today in your name. We pray, God, that you will be with us. Bless our hearts as we listen to your word. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Enable us to understand your word and make use of your word. We pray this because we believe through Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Redeemer, our Prince of Peace, in Jesus' name. Amen. So I read, this is what the Lord is saying uh, through prophet Jeremiah. He says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Today, we are once again in the presence of our everlasting God, the creator of the universe. We sincerely thank him for all his blessings unto us. As we worship him in spirit and in truth, may we experience his grace and love to us in the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Redeemer and Savior. As we continue in prayer and fasting to the Lord every Friday from 6 a.m. to 12 noon, this Friday we are praying on a topic, bring all your petitions to Jesus with faith. And our scriptural meditation is taken from Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 to 8. Please join us in the prayer and fasting to the Lord to help us against this pandemic. Invite others to join us. And we pray that the Lord Almighty will hearken to our petitions and help us in this difficult period. In Jesus' name. Let us come to the Lord in prayer. Father Jesus, our Lord and our Redeemer, the Prince of Peace and the Lord of Lords, we read your word, and your word has been read unto us. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ as we go into the interpretation of it. Father, may you fill us with your Holy Spirit as I stand before your children whom God you have redeemed with your unprecious blood. Father, I pray God that you will fill me with your Holy Spirit. Enable me, O Lord, as you speak through me. 
that we will listen to your word, our Lord, mighty. Our Lord Jesus Christ, Father, have mercy upon us. Bless and sanctify us for in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, brothers and sisters, today we listen to the word of the Lord and our message today is we are under the surveillance of Jesus. We are under the surveillance of Jesus. Jeremiah, the son of Helkiah, was a young man when Yahweh called him. Lord, we heard about Jeremiah some weeks ago. But when, even when the Lord called him, Yahweh called him, he was a little bit complaining because he said, I am just a child. I cannot do this work which God you are trying to give me. The task that you are giving to me is too much for me. God called Jeremiah. He is giving him a very big task. Yahweh is calling him so that he will go and confront kings, nations. Jeremiah was born and he knew the stubbornness the rebelliousness of his people. And I believe that his parents had told him how some prophets were killed. But now at this time, God is even taking him into this, a very, this difficult task. Jeremiah was afraid of his life. He was not that comfortable with the message, with the assignment that Yahweh was to give him. <clears throat> but before then, God says, I am going to send you. And he was sending him to the southern kingdom. At this time, in fact, at this time, the northern kingdom had been taken into captivity. The only people that were living in the land of Israel at that time was only Judah, the southern kingdom. And God raised him and called him. And he was giving him a assignment. Go to the kings. Go to the nations. I am giving you a task to go and confront them because of their wickedness. At this time, Jeremiah could do nothing again only to abide by the task that Yahweh has given to him. In fact, he says, Jeremiah served the Lord 20 years under the regime of King Josiah. Under the regime of King Josiah for 20 years, Jeremiah was serving, was making, was doing his prophetic work, assignment, during the regime of Josiah the king. And the Bible tells us that Josiah was a good king. There was not much persecution for Jeremiah at the time of Josiah. But Jeremiah was prophesying against the wickedness of the people. He was telling them that the anger of the Lord will be coming. The anger of the Lord was coming. He was telling them. After 20 years, Josiah died. After 20 years, Josiah died. The king died. The prophet faced greater oppositions. After the death 
of Josiah, the prophet now faced greater opposition. He faced the opposition from the religious leadership establishment. He also faced opposition from the political leadership. Jeremiah was facing both oppositions because he was speaking the word of the Lord, the word of Yahweh that was given to him. You see, it is very difficult. But before then, God says something to Jeremiah. After, when God called him, God says something to Jeremiah. He says, before I form you, God makes use of I in this just verse 5. Let somebody read that verse 5 again. There is a use, and I like the way the new Revised Standard Version put it. The, I mean, the um, new International Version, the last of that part, part, uh, part 5, verse 5, he did not, I did not just simply understand it because he said, I'm going to, I appointed you as a prophet. Jeremiah was not as a prophet. He said, he is a prophet. Let somebody read that verse 5. Before I formed you in the womb, mm -hmm. I knew you. Yes. Before you were born, I sanctified you. Mm -hmm. I ordained you a prophet to the nations. Yes, I like that. Uh, that is a new King James. He said, I appointed you a prophet to the nations. How many eyes God makes use of here? The first one he said, before I form you, I form you in the womb. I did what? There is another eye. So it means that it is the Lord who forms us. We are formed by the Lord. You are nothing. We are nothing. If it is not God who forms us, signs are deceiving us, mis misleading us, then you are formed scientifically. It is the Lord who forms us. The Bible tells us, God himself says it, that before I did what? He did not say before you were formed. God did not say that. Before you were formed, I knew you. No. He said, before I form you in the womb. So it is God who places living being in the womb of his or our mother. You do not just develop. God form. In fact, before we were exist, before we exist, God says he knows us. What a miracle, wonderful God we serve. He knows you before you were, you even exist in your mother's home. He forms us. He knew us before he forms us. God knows everything about us. He knows everything about you. He knows everything about me. He knows everything about every human being in this world. Before even you were, you were even born. And he was the, he is the one who formed us. He said, before I form you, it is him who forms us. We don't form ourselves. It is not our mothers who form us. It is not our parents who form us. It is the Lord himself who forms us. He said, before I form you, I know you. I knew you. 
God knew you. Even before your existence. What a miracle. Even before your existence. God knows who you are. Even before your parents would give you a name. God knows your names already. Before the foundation of the world, even before the creation of this universe, God knows each one of us in this world. There is no any human being that is hidden before the Lord. He knew you before you were even, before you came into the existence. What a miracle. There is nothing we can hide before the Lord. There is no any complaint you are given that God has already known. He knows it all. He knows us all. There is no any place you will go there. You will be there to even commit sin. To do anything. To plan evil that God does not know. He knows us even before we started. Then who are we? We are just bare naked before the Lord. We are completely bare naked before the Lord. He knows us. Even before we were... We, he forms us. So this is what... God is speaking to Jeremiah. But before his ministry, God confirmed to the prophet that he formed the prophet, that he knew the prophet, that he set the prophet aside, and that he appointed the prophet. So it shows that God sees us. He knows us. Because he forms us. And God is the one who is setting us aside. There is no any position. Even if you are a teacher, God is the one who has set you aside for that. Even if you are a minister, it is God himself who has set you apart even before your existence. If you are a medical doctor, it is the Lord who has set you aside for that, for that, for that work. It is not, it's not your undoing. If you are a president, it is the Lord who has set you aside for that position before your existence. It is the Lord. There is nothing that we get here that you will boast and say, I got it myself. God is the one who has set you aside before your existence. This is the Lord that we are serving. He knows everything about us. It is the Lord who appoints us. In fact, the Lord says to Jeremiah, before I formed you. He said what? I knew you. Even before you were formed. Before I formed you in the womb. I knew you. God knows us. God knows us. He sets us aside for everything you are doing. Even before you were born in your family. In your parents' family, God knows you before. Before you become a, a member of such a family, God knows you before. It is just an amazing thing. Amazing thing. Who the Lord, our Father, God Almighty is. God in Jesus Christ knows who you are. He is the one who formed you. He is the one who set you aside. He is the one who is working to his own glory in your life. He appoints you into your ministry. Every place you are, 
In fact, even if you are sweeping the floor in any company, it is the Lord who appointed you, appointed you, and that is your ministry. Even if you are a caterer, you cook, you are cooking, you are a teacher, you are a shoe shiner. Whatever thing you do, no matter how low people look at it, it is your ministry that God has appointed you into it. You, not, you need to do it diligently to the glory of the name of the Lord. There is no any work in this world that you are doing that is inferior. God has placed you there for a reason. God has placed us in every various places for a reason, for the glory of his holy name. And that is what God has said to Jeremiah. I appointed you. What is the word? The word no. Original word in Hebrew. Let us see. What is the word many of no in original Hebrew word? Here, we understand that the Hebrew word no is what we call yada. Yada. Is yada. Yada. The idea of knowing in ancient Hebrew thought is similar to our understanding of knowing even today. But it is more personal and intimate. The word yada in Hebrew means personal and intimate. When God says, I know you, it is not about the knowledge of knowing, the head knowledge. It is a personal relationship, intimate. God knowing us does not mean that I know about you, but God intimately enters into a personal and intimate relationship with his own children. Is the Hebrew meaning yada is personal and intimate. We may say that we know someone, but simply mean we know of his or our own existence. But in Hebrew, thought, one can only know someone if they have a personal and intimate relationship with them. You know somebody only when you, when you say, I know you. It's not just a head knowing. It's not a head knowledge, but it is a personal and intimate relationship with that person. In Genesis chapter 18, verse 19. Let somebody read Genesis chapter 18, verse 19. Quickly, read Genesis chapter 18, verse 19. Mm -hmm. For I have known him. Mm -hmm in order that he may command his children and his household after him that they keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has spoken to him. Amen. And, okay. Yes. 20, right? No, to 19 only. He said, Elohim says about Abraham. Ah, I said 19. All in verse 19. Elohim says, I know him. Here God is saying that I intimately and relationally, I know him. 
God knowing Abraham is not about knowing the father of Abraham, knowing where Abraham came from, but God is saying that I know him. When God says, I know you, and Jesus Christ is saying that I know my sheep, I know them by their name. That is why, that is, that is telling us that God enters into a personal relationship with, with us, with his people. You must know the law. You must go into a personal and intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. God says, I know him. Okay, let somebody know. Um, read Genesis chapter 4, quickly, verse 5. I mean, verse 1. Genesis chapter 4, verse 1. Now Adam knew Eve, his mm-hmm. wife, and she conceived and bore Cain. Okay. Said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. That's verse 1. Yes, it says, Adam knew Eve. That is, Adam knowing Eve does not mean that the knowledge of knowing, but the intimacy of knowing Eve. The intimacy, implying a very intimate relationship. Christ our Lord knows us intimately. We us to know him intimately as well. Do you know the Lord? Do I know the Lord? It's not about, oh, I have heard about the Lord. I've read about the Lord. But do you intimately, in personal relationship, know the Lord? Okay, when we talk about Hebrew, let us go back to Greek, meaning of knowing. Knowledge. In fact, in the Greek meaning of the word know, is called auda, or ginisko. Ginisko is understood as sin in the Old Testament, even in the Hebrew word too. The Ginisco is also having its root meaning from the one that is originally from the Hebrew word as well. The Ginisco here is Yada. That is the root meaning of Yada, translated as know or knowledge, appears almost 950 times in the Bible. In fact, 50 times in the Hebrew Bible. It has a wider sweep than our English word, no. When the English word says no, it's completely different from the way the Bible puts it, the original meaning. Even though it has it, English word, no, including perceiving yeah, because English word, when the English word says, I know him, is about learning. You have learned to know something about that person. But that is not the, uh, what is there. To know is not to be intellectually, intellectually informed about some abstract principle, but to apprehend and experience the reality of knowledge. Is not the possession of information. It's completely different from the information they have given to you about something to know it. You know how to practice a, 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 a medicine as a doctor because you have been informed. But that is not know. That is not the kind of knowledge that the Greek, the Ginisco, has put it. It's not about the position of information, but rather it is exercise of actualization 
Here, Paul intends to know Jesus and the power of his resurrection, according to Philippians chapter 3, verse 10. Do Christ, do you know Christ? And you are faithful to him as a servant? Do you know him? We must know him because Christ knows us. God knows us. He knew you. He had entered into a personal relationship, in fact, before ex your existence, before our existence. God loves us. He has that love, ultimate love for us, even before our existence. There is nothing we have done. Even before we were exist, we existed. God loves us. Is there anything that you think I have done to the Lord that makes him to love me? No. The Bible tells us that he knew you even before you exist. Before he formed you. He loves you. He loves me. He has entered into a personal relationship, intimate relationship with me. Even before he formed me. Before I was born. What a miracle God. What a savior God we serve. God knew you before he formed you. Before you were existing. God knew you. Everything about us is under Jesus' surveillance. Not what is that he does not know of you. What is that that Jesus Christ does not know of you? What is that that Jesus Christ does not know of me? Everything you do, wherever you are, even in the water, Psalmist says, why will I hide myself from you? No. There is no any place. There is no hiding place. God knows everything about us. When we pretend that we are hiding, we are doing things in secret. We are speaking in secret. But God knows everything about us. Hallelujah. He knows everything about us. Let us come to him in an intimate relationship. Let us give our entire being to him. You are not for yourself. I am not for myself. We all belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. The sovereignty of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let us give our lives to his care. For he watches over you. For he watches over us. He knows us. He sees us. He understands us. He knows our names. He understands who we are. And he understands the kind of situations we are going through. He knows the situations, the struggles of our lives. He understands how weak you are. He understands how weak we are. We belong to him. He is our God. Let us faithfully come to his presence. Serve him. Because he knows us. He knows me. He knows my name. He knows our names. Do you know that God knows you? Let us go into personal relationship. Let us invite Jesus into our lives. He is taking care of us. We are not alone. He knows us. He understands us. Let us believe completely in him. Trust him. Rely on his hand. Our difficulties are not strange to him. He knows that you, me, every one of us, we face what we are facing. But he is in control of our lives. Do you believe him? Yes.
May the Lord be with us in Jesus' name. Let us open to hymn number So he lost us. Let's sing. Jesus lost me. This I know. One, two, sing. Jesus loves me. He knows me because I am his child. We are his beloved children. Let us believe in him and let us come into a personal relationship with him. Father God Almighty, we bless your name. We thank you so much because you knew us even before you formed us. What an amazing God we serve. God who is all-knowing. God who sees us. God who understands us. God who is with us all the time. We bless your name. We thank you, Father, because God, you are the Lord. We are serving a miracle God, the creator of heaven and earth, the owner of the universe. We bless your name. We lift up your name high. We thank you, Father, because God, you are the Lord. Blessed be your name because you know us. You have entered into personal relationship with us. 
intimate relationship with us before our existence. Father, we bless your name. We thank you because of your love. Be with us and bless us that we will love you and believe in you, trust in you, depend on you, live for you forever and ever. Bless us, sanctify us, for in Jesus' gracious name we pray. Amen. And amen. God bless you. Our message today is taken from the letter of Peter, first letter of Peter, chapter 5, first letter of Peter, chapter 5, verses 5 through 11. The letter according to St. Peter, First Peter chapter 5, we are going to read from verses 5 through 11. And I'm going to read on our behalf from the New Revised Standard Version of the Bible. First Peter chapter 5, we start reading from verse 5 to verse 11. And the reading will be taking place from the New Revised Standard Version of the Bible. If we have seen it, let us come to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, God Almighty, Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Redeemer, Father and our Savior, we thank you so much for the privilege, Lord, you have given unto us. The opportunity, Lord, you have granted unto us. We are children, God, you bought with your own precious blood. You have allowed us to come to your presence. Father, we thank you for the grace. We thank you for the love. We thank you for the compassion, Lord, you have for us. Father, as we here, we are here before thee, we pray the Lord, may you give us the ears that we will hear your word. Give us the heart that we will be able to understand your word of God. Father, fill us with your Holy Spirit. Have mercy. Guide us. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I'm reading, and I'm reading on our behalf. In the same way, you who are younger must accept the authority of the elders. And all of you must clothe yourself with humility in your dealings with one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that he may exalt you in due time. <coughs> Cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. Discipline yourselves. Keep a lot. Like a roaring lion, your adversary, the devil, pours around looking for someone to devour. Resist him. Steadfast in your faith. For you know your brothers and sisters in all the world are undergoing the same kinds of suffering. And after you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, 
who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore support, strength, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. And amen. Brothers and sisters, you are all welcome to the Reformed Church of Christ for Nations RCCN Atlanta, Georgia, USA. In the name of the Father, in the name of God the Son, and in the name of the Holy Spirit. Today marks another glorious day for us to come together as a church to worship our Creator and our Redeemer. We thank Him for His loving kindness unto us. Brothers and sisters, we will continue to come before the Lord with our petitions against the spread of this deadly pandemic and other viruses in our world today. Our prayer and fasting continue every week on Fridays from 6 a.m. to 12 noon. This Friday, we are on a topic when we are on the topic, have mercy on us, O Lord, with our scripture meditation from Psalm 53, verse 1. But our topic for the prayer, have mercy on us, O Lord. We are going to meditate from the book of Psalm 53, verse 1. Please join us, pray, and invite others to join us as we pray. May the Lord Jesus Christ bless and keep us in his wings. In Jesus' name, amen. Brothers and sisters, let us come to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, God Almighty, we thank you so much that your word has been read to us, O oh God. We pray, God, that you will fill us with the spirit that will give us understanding, that will give us the illumination. Father, be with us. Receive us. Bless us sanctify us we pray this because we believe through jesus christ father use me mightily to the glory of your holy name set everything that belongs to me aside O god and give me your word have mercy upon me guide me in jesus name i pray amen today this morning the message that the Lord is giving to us is on humility and suffering for Christ brings total restoration. Humility in suffering for Christ brings total restoration. The letter we have read is ascribed to the servant of the Lord, the apostle, the first four, one of the first four apostles of Jesus Christ named Peter. Simon Peter, he wrote this, scholars, everyone accepted, agrees that it was Peter who wrote this letter. The first letter of Peter, ascribed to Peter, one of the first four disciples of Jesus Christ. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the content of his writing, 
You know that Peter experiences what it means. Experiences suffering. He understands what it means by suffering. He writes it. Write this letter to the Christians. Those who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. The followers of Jesus Christ. Who are living in the northern part of the Asia Minor. The Christians there were under persecution. They were under persecution. And Peter was still an apostle. He was still alive. He wrote them a letter of encouragement. Encouraging them to remain strong in their faith for Christ to the very end. However, they must live as holy as followers of Jesus Christ in the world that is being corrupt by evil. He encourages them that their suffering will be restored with eternal life and joy by Christ the Savior himself. Hallelujah. Are you experiencing suffering because of your faith in Jesus Christ? Is there anything that some human beings, people are looking down on you. People are insulting you because of the grace that the Lord has given to you, because of the mercy that God has given to you, and you are exhibiting that mercy and that grace and that love to people, and then people are looking down on you, or people are insulting you. You have been persecuted because you have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you experience such a thing? Is this letter coming to you? For your faith in Christ Jesus, don't give up. If you are experiencing such a thing, never you give up. Don't give in your faith. Stand strong. That is what Peter is telling us. Stand strong and the Lord Almighty will bless you. The suffering is just for a little while. And this suffering that we are going through because of our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ can never be compared with the great blessings that the Lord Jesus Christ will give us on the last day. And where we will be with the Lord Jesus Christ and nobody will ever take it away from us again. Hallelujah. That is the, the joy of our faith. The joy of our hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. Our level in the Lord Jesus Christ is never in vain. No. That is what uh, Peter is trying to tell us. Your reward for your suffering is surely coming. Peter writes to the age groups in the church. First, he writes to the elders, which I believe the church leaders who have been in charge of the flock of God. If you see verse, let's let somebody read 1 Peter chapter 5, where we have just read. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 1a and 2. That is verses 1 and 2. Read that um, Read that First uh, uh, Peter chapter five. See Peter chapter five. First Peter chapter five. Read that verses one to two. Read it. First Peter. I was following you in Peter. Okay, just uh, read it in English. Okay.
Did you see it? First Peter chapter 5, verse two, verses 1 and 2. Yes. And also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed mm-hmm. beautifully. Shepherd yes. the long I mean the flock of God which is among you serving as serving as overseers, not by compulsion mm-hmm. but willingly. Amen. You can stop there. You can stop there. Peter, just like I said, Peter experiences. He knows what is meant by suffering. He witnesses the suffering of our Lord Jesus Christ. He himself is also going through suffering. And he understands what it means by suffering. And then he is writing to them. And he is writing to the elders, to the leaders of the church. And saying that you know very well that the Lord has given in your charge the flock to take care of them. You have to be very careful the way you take care of the flock of the Lord. Take care of them. Encourage them. Live an example life before them, even in the suffering. In that world, in the world that we are living with evil, with corruption, with all kinds of evil, let us encourage them to stand firm. Let us live an example life before them. Because they are flock that the Lord has given to, to, to you. And he was encouraging them. He wrote this letter to age groups. First, he addresses the elders, the leaders of the church. He said, be careful. Take care of them. Here, God has given the church to me. I am the leader of the church. And I am always on my knees praying for the flock of the Lord. I am always on my knees making sure that we live a holy life before the Lord, even in this wicked world that we are in. We, live to, we need to live a life of Jesus Christ as followers of Jesus Christ. Wherever we find ourselves, we can never be corrupted with the world because the world is corrupted. Therefore, we say, this is how the world is doing now. Let us go with the world. That is not what the Bible is telling us. We have to live an exemplary life amongst this week in this world that we are living today. We must live a Christian life, a different life from the world. Because the corruption of this world, we cannot emerge as ourselves there and say, that is how the world is going. So therefore, let us go with the world. Never. We must go with the Lord Jesus Christ. He is our Savior. He is our Periculator. He is our God. We must go with Him. We must tell the world that we belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. We must tell the world that we are for the Lord Jesus Christ. We must tell the world that we are the light of the world. We must tell the world that we are the salt of the world. Even with the corruption that we are facing every day in our life, we must live a simple life. We must live a different life. That is what Tipita is encouraging us. He is encouraging you. He is encouraging me. The Lord has put you under my care. Just like I said. Let us live as children of the Lord. Let us live and tell the world that we belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, if you are at your workplace, people should see you. Why are you different? 
Why are you talking different? Why are you behaving different? You tell them, I belong to Jesus. I belong to the Lord Jesus. The people, some, sometimes they will mock you and say, that is archaic. That is a very conservative mind. Primitive life. Yes, I belong to Jesus. Let people see difference in you. Because we are the light of the world. That is why Jesus Christ said, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill. A light shining in the darkness. We must not live as people of the world. We must live as children of the living God. Hallelujah. That is the message that the Lord is giving to us today. Peter writes, Be holy. Live as Christians and followers of Jesus Christ. Wherever we find ourselves, though the world is full of evil, we must strive to live holy and faithful. You must not only be Christians on Sundays. You must never be Christians only on Sundays and then be of the devil from Mondays through Saturdays. And this is how many people are living. Many Christians are only Christians on Sundays. You see them in the church. They will be dancing in the church. But on Sunday, when the church is closed, when the service is finished, when they go to their workplaces, you will never believe that this was a Christian who was dancing in the church on Sunday. We must live a Christian life all day. Every time, as long as we are still alive, wherever we are, we must bear the image of Jesus Christ in our lives. Hallelujah. Secondly, he wrote to the younger ones. And what he says, he said, be submissive to the older ones. This sounds Africanism. It is Truly, it sounds like African culture. Because I, I grew up in Africa. Seeing an elderly person bringing a lord from the farm, you're a child. You cannot let that old man or old woman carry the lord to her house. When you are a child, Looking at it, you have to take the Lord, put it on your head, carry it for the person, the elder person. That is African culture. Yes. That is what Peter is saying. If you compare it with African culture, that is very true of African. An African child will never sit down while an elderly person will come and stand up. Yes. You give seat. An African child is not allowed, African culture does not allow a child to call an elderly person by name. No, no, no. Whether it's your biological father or your biological mother, you will call that person mother, father. Yes. A very beautiful culture. And that is what Peter is saying. Be submissive to the elders, to the older ones. That is our own culture. And our culture is according to the will of the Lord, according to the plan of the Lord. 
And that is what Peter is writing through the Holy Spirit of the Lord that has inspired him and saying to the young ones, be submissive. And even in African culture, it does not mean that if a child has received a lot from the elderly person, what does the elderly person do when he reaches home? Things that are in that Lord, he will give it to the child. This is your blessing because you obey. That's why Peter is saying that in, a, in another way, let us be submissive to one another. An elderly person is also submissive to a younger one. Yes. Respects the younger ones. And that is how we Christians, we're supposed to live a life. It's not a life that you see a child even calling a, an elderly person by name. Yeah. And that is a very wrong culture. And that is what Peter is saying here. We must be submissive to one another. Because Jesus Christ, our God, is opposing the proud. And we just talk about pride. Pride is very, very bad. Very, very bad. The Lord Almighty opposes any spirit of proud in us. If we cannot submit ourselves, looking at Jesus Christ, living his glorious home, to come into the world and die for our sins. Can't we empty ourselves in everything that we do? Why are we so proud? Our life does not belong to us. Because you have the world, you think you have the world. Nobody has this world. It is only God himself that has this world. You cannot be proud because you have things in this world, there is nothing in this world belongs to anybody. Everything in this world belongs to the Lord Almighty. Because he is our creator. He is our savior. He is our savior. He is our God. We must be submissive to him. We must respect him. We must serve him in spirit and in truth. Give your life to Jesus Christ. Allow Christ to control, to lead you, to guide you. With his unholy spirit. Here, Peter is talking about humility. Humility is very important. But, however, we live in a world that if you are so humble, you are so meek. In fact, the Bible tells us that the meek shall inherit the king, the, that shall inherit the earth. How will a meek? Inherit the earth. Hell that is full of evil people. Is full of people that are saying, if I'm stronger than you, I can take what belongs to you. And that is what we are saying. Wicked people thinking that because they have money, they have the prestige, they have the authority, they have the power, they can take anything that belongs to the make. But the Bible tells us that it is the make that will inherit the earth. It is the make that will inherit the earth. So let us humble ourselves because God says, I am opposing the proud. Yes. And I give grace, more grace to the humble. Hallelujah. Why can't we humble ourselves? When you make a mistake, people are telling you, that is a mistake. Accept it. That is the spirit of humility. And nobody will take away anything from you. Nothing in you will be taken away. Rather, God will bless you more. But some people are thinking that meekness is a weakness. No, no. 
Meekness is not a weakness. It's a strength. Meekness is never a weakness. Meekness is a strength. And it is still that God supports it. If you are doing something on earth and God supports it, that is done. Even if other people do not support it, but if God approves it, that is very final. It's very good. So let us continue to humble ourselves. If God loves humility, why can't we do it? If God loves humbleness, why can't we do it? Let us humble ourselves to the Lord. And here, Peter is saying that. Watch out for the devil. The devil is like a rolling lion. Probably looking for somebody to devour. Don't be a prey to the devil. Don't be a prey to the devil in everything that you do. The devil is looking for you. The devil is looking for me. The devil is looking for everybody that is committed to the Lord Jesus Christ. We have to. The Bible has given us authority. In James chapter 4, verse 7, the Bible says, resist the devil. And he will do what? He will flee. Resist the devil. Let us resist the devil. The devil is looking, prowling like a lion, looking for somebody to devour. But when we see him, through the power of the Holy Spirit, when we see him, what do we do? We must resist him and say, the devil, <coughs> I cast you in the name of Jesus Christ. Leave me alone. I belong to Jesus Christ. But if you do not belong to the Lord Jesus Christ, you can never resist the devil. We only resist the devil through the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you have the Holy Spirit of the Lord? You must humble yourself. We must humble ourselves before the Lord. And then he will lift us up. He will elevate us. He will promote us. If we humble ourselves before him. Therefore, he says, Peter continues, cast all your anxiety upon him. Every trouble, every suffering, every calamity, every catastrophe that you find yourself that is facing you, take them, take it to the Lord Jesus Christ. Bring all your problems upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Say, casting. When you talk about casting, it's throwing them, dumping them upon the Lord Jesus Christ. He will take care of them. Sometimes we carry our Lord on our head. They are very heavy. But Jesus Christ is calling us. Come unto me, all you who are heavy landed. <coughs> I will give you rest. Why can't we just humble ourselves? It is the hum it is lack of humility that is making us not to trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. We think we can do it. I am capable enough. I'm educated enough. I'm smart enough. I can solve my problem by myself. You cannot solve your problem by yourself. We cannot do any other thing apart from Jesus Christ. We can do nothing. Hallelujah. That is why the Lord Jesus Christ has, has given to us. Let us humble ourselves. Humility. We will humble ourselves. 
We do not retaliate. When people are insulting us because of our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, we do not retaliate. We are patient. We are very patient. God will take care of us. Anybody that insults you, insults Jesus Christ. Anybody that looks upon, looks down upon you, looks upon, down upon the Lord Jesus Christ. And nobody can, can stand before the Lord. Nobody can stand before the Lord. Let us give our lives to Jesus Christ. Let us give ourselves, let us give ourselves to the Lord Jesus Christ. To the power of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will take care of us. Peter urges us to be self-control. That is what he says. Be self-control. We are living in the world. Many times we say, the devil makes me to sin. No. We are more than the devil. He has given us power to resist the devil. And when we resist him through the power of the Holy Spirit, the devil will flee. And we say, hey, I have been tempted so much by the devil, therefore I have to give up. No. Peter is encouraging us. Be self-control. Be self-control. Because the enemy is prowling. The enemy is looking for somebody to devour, to capture. So let us give our lives to Jesus Christ. Because all authority has been given to our Lord. And he commissions us to go ye the world. And he has given us a power. To crush the devil. That is authority given to us. Why can't we believe him? Why can't we give him his life, our lives? Through the power of the Holy Spirit. Of Jesus. And he, the devil will flee. We will resist him. Therefore, let us come under the control of our Lord Jesus Christ. The power of Jesus Christ. And never you give in. To what is happening in our world today. There is no truth. There is no justice. Everywhere you turn, you will see corruption. Everywhere you turn, you will see injustice. Everywhere you go, you will see everything that belongs to the devil. But we have the power to resist, to overcome everything that the devil is doing to us. Remember, your sovereign in the Lord Jesus Christ is not in vain. Hold on to Jesus in your faith. There is eternal life awaiting you by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Humble yourself for Christ in this wicked world that we are in. An evil generation we are in. Allow Christ to draw you nearer to his precious fountain where we can find everlasting joy and peace and restoration. Christ is our Lord. Christ is our Savior. Come near to his cross. Amen. Let us sing him 385. 385. Hymn number 385. 385. 
we have seen it, let us be on our feet as we sing it nearer, near the cross. One, two, sing. Jesus, keep me near the cross. The precious blood come to all the healing friends. From Calvary's mountain, mountain, in the cross, in the cross, be my glory ever, ever, till my Father God Almighty Jesus Christ our Lord and our Redeemer we thank you so much for your word which God you have given unto us we your children we thank you because you love us you humble yourself you came into the world you died for our sins we cannot imagine how Lord you love us so much even when we fail you we disobey you but God you still pursue us you're still looking for us, oh Lord. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Father, because of your love. Father, here we are before you today. Receive us. Bless us, oh God. Sanctify us. Let your name be lifted and be glorified in our lives, oh Jesus. 
We want to live for you. We want to humble ourselves. Father, give us the power. Give us the grace so that we will be able to resist the devil whenever he comes against us, oh God. Give us the authority to stand strong even in our suffering. Father, be with us. Restore our life for you, O oh God. Have mercy upon us. Forgive us, O oh Lord, our shortcomings. Bless and sanctify us. This we pray because we believe through Jesus Christ, who is our Savior, who is our Periclator, who is our God. Thank you, Father, because God, you are the Lord. Blessed be your name forever and ever in Jesus' name. Amen and amen.